minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another installment of the Pack a Day Podcast. Once again, I am Matt Fralick. Alongside me again is the lovely Janelle Mackey. Janelle, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be back recording with you in person this time. It's fun. We've, we've done it from all different platforms. In Lambeau, which is pretty cool. You were in Minneapolis, or Minnesota, I should say. So that was a challenge, doing it over the web. Mm-hmm. And now we're back in my old stomping grounds, your current stomping grounds, UW-Green Bay campus. It's Pretty nice. Yep, in the Coffin Library. I'm pretty impressed. They definitely used some some tuition along the way to you know do some renovations. That's nice. So thanks for paying for all this. Yeah, no problem. Janelle, little more anticipation for me. I know for the season, we both had our fantasy football drafts this past weekend. How did it go? I'd say mine went pretty well. Mine, the one I just did, is only eight man league, so. It's a little bit easier to get those top players, but it's still a draft, so all the stress mm-hmm. that half stress. an hour was, yeah, because there was a plenty of times, like, I was ready, and I was going to draft Jimmy Graham, and he got taken right away. Same with Aaron Rodgers, like, I'm ready, they're in my queue, and then they disappear as soon as my turn, so. Going for the homer picks, huh? I know. Is that a those thing you do? like, my two big ones from Green Bay that I wanted. I really didn't get anybody from the Packers until, I- like... Way late in my bench, I think I drafted Aaron Jones. Okay, late, so. okay, that's good value. He's only yeah, out for two weeks. Exactly. We talked about that. I didn't grab anyone in my league. I could have had, I think, Randall Cobb at one point. I didn't really want him. I was kind of high on him going into the year for fantasy. Haven't really thought about him anymore. But uh, I ended up with a couple good guys in a 14-man league. I was telling Janelle, it's a work league. There's 14 people, but you would, wouldn't. Imagine it was 14 people that are actually adults that follow sports. It's pretty funny. Defenses are taken high. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, was in the fifth round. So just shambles. If anyone needs to get any fantasy information about the Packers they should draft, check out Mike and Tyler's uh, episode, episode 24. They broke down all the sleepers, kind of buyer beware players for the Packers. Check those guys out. They had a really good couple good takes on there. But, you know, we've had two games now for the Packers in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talked about it. It was a high-scoring game last Thursday. Starts off with a huge Sherman Williams pick six. Literally first play. First play of the game. And I was expecting to just sit back and relax and enjoy this game. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing the rookie Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State running around and stiff-arming Kentrell Bryce, James Conner. The backup running back is Le'Veon Bell's obviously not playing in the preseason. Whether or not he's held out or in camp or franchise tag, you know, he's not going to get yeah. snaps in the second game. And James Conner's running for 25, 30 yards a crack. And we have Haha Clinton Dix trying to lasso dudes to the ground instead of just going up and hit them. That's what I want to start out with today because I feel like, yes, we added these pieces to our cornerbacks. We brought back some veterans and drafted, obviously, you know, two studs. Are we going to miss Morgan Burnett in the back end with HaHa this year? Getting Williams helps with the veteran aspect mm-hmm. because losing Burnett was really tough because he is a veteran leader back there, and we have a lot of young guys. So if we didn't have Williams, it was going to kind of have to be House and HaHa. But I think 
bringing in Williams will really help that. I really do think that I was really upset when he lost Morgan Burnett. I like the way he just saw the field and he had a good image of what he needed to go do out there and he was a great teacher to the young guys. I'm a little worried now for what could happen. I'm hoping that uh, these younger guys kind of listen to Williams as he comes in, even though they didn't play with him these last few years. I hope that they can kind of respect what he does, especially after the pick yeah. so early on. So, yeah, losing Burnett hurts in the fact that we don't have a veteran back there, but now we have Williams back, so hopefully he can kind of cover Burnett's ground. Yeah, and Tremont can play many different positions. He's done that before. And I look at kind of losing Morgan Burnett, kind of losing like a point guard, mm-hmm. if you want to relay it, because you had Ha Ha Clinton Dix who could play deep and roam around, kind of hit guys on the edge if they're down on a streak or coming across the middle for a post. And we noticed, or at least I noticed, I think many fans did too, that when Morgan Burnett was banged up last year, or even to the point when he was playing up in the box in like the linebacker position, Ha Ha was... 30, 40 yards downfield mm-hmm. and kind of just playing passive. And that's what I saw a lot on Thursday. And that kind of brought back bad memories for me because that's not how I like my Clinton Dix. I like yeah. my Clinton Dix flying around, hitting people. Passive and is a great word to use because we don't want a passive defense. We want a scary defense. Mm-hmm. And nobody's scared of a passive defense. No. And I see us, we got stronger on the edges, excuse me, on the cornerback position. Clearly that was shown with Josh Jackson, you know, we brought back Tremont, Jerry Alexander, how much, you know, obviously he's going to be a huge role of this defense too. If we can't cover deep and cornerbacks are left out on an island, I'm a little concerned. I know the the guys in the, uh, Tyler and Mike were talking about when they were doing the recap, you know, not to be so worried about preseason and what you see from that, but I still want to see some intensity. Like, you don't have to go out and like... You know, get a 15-yard penalty trying to knock someone's helmet off. But there still is something to be said about setting the tone and, like, you know, smacking the guy, especially a running back that's coming straight for you and you just kind of olay him and try to grab him around the waist. It's just not – doesn't put a good taste in my mouth. Yeah, I know you were very disappointed. I'm very disappointed. About... <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I saw from the game, too. You know, there's other stuff. All of our other uh, Pack-A-Day podcast teammates have discussed that, so we won't talk about that game too much. We do have someone that – has been coming a little bit more on my radar as the days pass. We heard about him in practice. We saw him in the first two games. Heard his shoulder celebrating. It was dumb. I don't know how you fall into the end zone and do that. But Jake Krumero, number 16. I don't know where he falls into the category's best, second best, third best hair on the team. But I know right now he's like my favorite young dude that's just making a name. It's, it's impossible, I think, to keep him off the roster at this point. Exactly. Especially with... Aaron Rodgers talking so highly of him, too. It's hard to think that he won't make the roster. Definitely. And these other receivers, young receivers, have really just left the door open for him. Mm -hmm. St. Brown has, I really haven't seen much from him. Jamon Moore has been up and down. Uh, Marcos Valdez-Scantling has played pretty well. I would say him and Moore are kind of on the same level for me. I haven't, one of them hasn't stuck out. Jake Coomer, we talked about in our last episode, does he, you know, is he the fifth, sixth receiver on the team? I think at this point he's the, it Number looks four. like he's the fourth receiver, yeah. doesn't it? Which doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, it definitely goes Adams, Cobb, Allison, mm-hmm. and then I got to put Coomero. Yeah, you have to. And he's 6'5". He's a big dude. Is he really 6'5"? From what I've seen. Yeah, okay, he might be 6'5". Yeah. So he's, he's a big body out there, too, mm-hmm. which 
Adams and Cobb aren't so much. And Allison, he's pretty tall, but he kind of looks... I think he's like 6'3", but he's lanky. Like, yeah, he's not a big body. He, he's tall, but he's not built mm-hmm. as much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot, like, just his body style, too, can help him a lot. Definitely. And that touchdown he had was an 80-yarder. He, you know, makes a great makes a great catch, pretty wide open, and he sets up the safety when he's running toward the sideline and just puts his foot in the ground and takes off. Mm-hmm. And I knew from watching him... Um, some highlights from the Titans game and just some practice stuff. He runs really good routes, which is nice to see. And I'm still trying to come up with a comparison for him. I don't know who it would be. Not a, doesn't have to be a Packer. But just the way he is very smooth through his routes and his breaks, and you see him with breakaway speed now, which I didn't know he had, does everything right. He's not a rookie. He's done this for a couple years now mm-hmm. against professionals on the practice squad for the Bengals, the Patriots. And just like you said, Janelle, if you're getting Aaron Rodgers' attention, you have to be doing something, whether that's good or bad, because clearly his attention was had by the rookie receivers that were not doing so well in practice a couple weeks ago. So any high praise, we should say, from Aaron Rodgers, that's that's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning more towards, too, is that, as Rodgers so kindly put it, the piss-poor mm-hmm. performance by his young receivers, but then he takes a second to say, but Kumaro looked really good. Yeah. Kumaro really has his trust, and if Rodgers wants him on the field during the season, and if he trusts him that's who he wants to throw to, then it's hard to argue what your franchise quarterback wants. I'm a strong component of, I don't think they've ever gave Aaron Rodgers the keys to the car yet. I still think they're every year I, they're coming in, and I'm like, okay, yeah, they went and got Jimmy Graham for him. That's great. Oh, they got Mercedes Lewis, a big, you know, big block and tight end. You can go and throw a jump ball to him. But then you get rid of his coaches that he likes. They did bring back Philbin, which is cool. Sometimes I think they need to listen to Rodgers a little bit more. People will say he's a diva sometimes and, you know, talks too much. And I don't think McCarthy likes that at all. I mean, we're talking about a, a fourth, fifth receiver on this team. I think he's done enough for him to be able to keep a guy like that on his team. Exactly. And we talk about Kumro. If he's the fourth, fifth receiver, whatever he is on the team, at least I think he's going to make a spot on special teams. I don't want to say he's filling the void of Jeff Janis just because they're white receivers. Kumar runs way better routes than Janis. Janis is probably a little faster. But one way or another, Kumar is going to make the 53 in my eyes. And do you think that Kumar, more than just being one of Rogers' new favorite targets, is he going to be a new fan favorite in Wisconsin, being the D3 kid out of Whitewater? I mean, he's. have you ever looked at him with his helmet off? He's kind of goofy. Like, he's got a scraggly beard. He He kind of reminds me of Tom Crabtree a little bit. And he's got Ooh, the, Aaron Rodgers also loved. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers loved him. I would love to hear more of this kid if he's got some sort of personality, but he's got like the long hair, and I think he is going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, he fits the Packers mold, and they need a guy like that. You don't have Kuhn anymore. You have Rukowski. You don't have Janice. He was speed. He was size. He was everything we thought he could be similar to Jordy Nelson. Exactly. And we don't have that anymore. So, that being said... The Packers play the Oakland Raiders in California. They play on Thursday at 9.30 our time, yep. central time. I get, Good thing it's a Friday night. So I mean, it is my birthday on Friday night. I might stay up and watch the whole thing. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. The Packers are reunited with Jordy Nelson. Janelle, I'm going to give you the floor a little bit. I know Jordy's your guy. I see yep. you wearing the t-shirt yep. jersey. Jordy was my favorite, so maybe I'll have to lean a little bit more towards Kumaro this year to fill the void. Kumaro's going to fill that? He's gonna, somebody's got You to. like beards and long hair. Yeah, the opposite of what Jordan Nelson Exactly. Was. 
the Packers are going to go out to Oakland and reunite with Jory for the first time. And I kind of think it's good that it's preseason. Definitely. Because then they can kind of reunite without it being as serious as a regular season game that really matters because a lot of these guys won't be suiting up anyways. It'll just be really good for them to see each other and reunite. It's going to be kind of weird, I bet, for Mm -hmm. them to see him in a different color jersey for the first time in person. Number 82, like... Yeah, I think actually Jared Cook has 87. He does, yeah. Another former Packer. Another reuniting. Exactly. So I think that'll be really good. So with that, I just kind of want to talk about the accomplishments that Rodgers and Jordy had over Mm -hmm. their years. Rodgers was drafted in 2005, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he took over until 2008, which was the same year Jordy was drafted. So they basically spent the core of their careers together and... They connected for a 29-yard touchdown, Aaron Rodgers' first in Super Bowl 45, mm-hmm. which is obviously a very memorable touchdown. Mm-hmm. The first, yeah, your first one, 2010 that was. And then in 2016, Rodgers and Nelson also became the most prolific quarterback-receiver combo in Packer history, and that was against the Vikings out of all the teams. So they passed... Stick it to them. Exactly. They passed uh, Favre and Freeman with their 58th touchdown connection. Mm -hmm. With all those accomplishments being said, they've spent most of their, the core of their career together. And I remember reading about how when Jordy got hurt, Rodgers said, you owe me one more year. And then Rodgers got hurt and he said, now you owe me a year. And now Jordy's gone. Mm -hmm. Other than their on-field accomplishments, they were very tight-knit. Oh, definitely. Personality-wise. I think it'll be good for them to be able to see each other in this way, but who becomes Aaron Rodgers' new security blanket? Because I don't think he'll ever have a receiver like Jordy, who's going to be his new go-to now. That's that's a great question. Uh, I was looking at just stats and targets from the 2015 season when Jordy you know, hurt his knee in the preseason, and kind of looking at some guys who had filled roles. It's weird to go back and see like Eddie Lacy on the roster. Yeah, a lot and has just, changed. <laughs> and dudes like that. To be honest with you, it... It really looked like, I mean, James Jones was still on the team, too. Going back and just looking at box scores and stats, Richard Rodgers, he had, I think it was like 58 grabs, 550 yards, and like eight touchdowns. And we're talking about Richard Rodgers. We're not, I mean, this isn't anyone prolific like a Jimmy Graham. So to answer your question, I think Jimmy Graham is going to be his security blanket. In 2015, you saw a lot of times where the play would break down and... Rodgers improvises, which is like, he does it better than anyone else. And there wasn't that security blanket like Jordy Nelson. Cobb has filled that role here and there throughout the years, which I think him and Aaron have a really good connection. But besides that now, you don't have someone that's had a connection with Rodgers. Cobb's getting older. You've seen him. He's not as quick as he once was. doesn't have the straight line speed. So I think it's Jimmy Graham. I mean, if he can have a big body like that, and you clearly saw the touchdown he threw to him on Thursday night. I think Jimmy Graham's the guy. He hasn't had a receiver, or he hasn't had a, I guess, yeah, he hasn't had a receiver like with this size ever. Having a tight end, Aaron Rodgers has always made his tight ends look good. Yeah. Whether it's from Jermichael Finley, Tom Crabtree, mm-hmm. Richard Rodgers, uh, I mean, Martellus Bennett, obviously not. Rodgers actually threw some shade toward Martellus last week in a press conference, but I won't go into that. Uh, Jared Cook. I think Jimmy Graham's the guy for him. Who, so who, basically, other than Jordy, Rodgers really likes those tight ends. 
Those yes. are like his main targets. For sure. And I don't it's it makes sense. I mean the guy their their matchup problems, all the guys they've ever had. All I can keep thinking about is that Thursday night touchdown. I don't know if the route rose it was like maybe like a ten yard in. Jimmy kinda like cut it off. He didn't he came back towards the, the goal line a little bit instead of back of the end zone and you just see him go up in the air. What is he, six seven, six eight? He's high pointing the ball probably at ten feet in the air. Yeah, I don't think I realized how tall he was until that touchdown. Yeah. I was like, this is a huge target. And if you it's a huge addition to the team. And you match him up with I mean, it's just a mashup problem. That's what it comes down to. Rogers is the best at finding that. They can be in a you know, two running back set with Cobb in the backfield or a Ty Montgomery and they split him out and he's you know he's finding that matchup problem if it's safety coming up trying to cover or if it's a linebacker and that's what he's gonna that's what he's done for throughout his career that's what he's gonna continue to do and Jimmy Graham is the epitome of a matchup problem you split out Devonte Adams on one side you got the back shoulder throw okay and then you have I don't know Jimmy Graham with his hand on the ground running down the middle of the field or you have him split out on the opposite side the chemistry from what I've heard that they've had so far. And I know Jimmy Graham is high, high praise for Aaron. He says he's very you know, meticulous and just tries to develop that chemistry, which, duh, we've seen that with exactly. whoever it is. I think it's Jimmy Graham, hands down. Who, who do you see? I was kind of thinking the same thing. Okay. Although Devontae Adams is obviously having huge breakout years and he's going to be number one receiver, obviously. But I just really think, like you said, like tight ends are Rodgers go-to guys Mm -hmm. and if he went through all the process to get Jimmy on the team then the way they're connecting I think it's just going to be a really exciting combination to watch and I think a lot of people probably think that Adams is just going to like automatically be the new target Mm -hmm. which we've seen some some of Rogers and Adams connections and they are fantastic connections but Jimmy Graham has just such a huge target like, he's a big guy, and Adams, obviously, is not as tall. Mm-hmm. Adams, I would say, is probably faster. Oh, big time. But Way better fluid routes, too. Yeah, it's, I think it also depends on the defense, then, if you need the speed, if you need the height, because issues we've had with our um, backfield is height. Mm-hmm. So when we're trying to match up against someone like Des Bryant or like Calvin Johnson back in the day, mm-hmm. a height problem always got the better of us. Brandon so, Marshall. Exactly. Yeah, all those really tall receivers, all in our division, like, Always in our division, too. And I think that matchup against Jimmy Graham is going to be a tough one to cover. Definitely. But it, then you never know. Maybe they'll favor Jimmy Graham a little bit more and leave Adams a little bit more open. But Rodgers can really drop it right into the breadbasket. I think so. it starts the year where everyone knows about Devontae now. He's not a secret. It's really no. – every team knows that you can't you – can, you can try to jam off the line. He's got the quick hands, quick hips – Quick feet to get around you. If you give him space, he's going to set you up for a route and you know run 20 yards on a slant. So you add Jimmy Graham to Aaron Rodgers, and the way he knows how to use these guys, like you're saying, we've he's turned tight ends into whoever. I just said the stats from 2015. If Richard Rodgers can get eight touchdowns for 550 yards, if that's all Jimmy Graham does this year, I'm okay with that, really. Yeah. Like If that's all he does, because that's what he did last year for the Seahawks. Rodgers, is, you could give him anyone, really. I mean, you could give him four Jeff Janices and two Jake Kumaros back there, and he's going to make one of those guys look really, really good. And I just hope that someone else kind of emerges because we've seen Cobb go down. You know, he had the surgery over the offseason. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham has been banged up all through the years. I still think he's okay. 
Devontae Adams, I can't remember if he's ever had an injury where it held him out for a significant amount of time. We were talking before we started recording, Janelle, with the Packers run game. They've signed a couple guys in the last couple days. You know, they're still looking for a backup until Aaron Jones comes back. It, you have to, in the National Football League, you know how quick it can happen where a guy goes out. Just reminded me, Devontae Adams did take that helmet shot mm-hmm. last year. So, he, I mean, it, it, all it takes is one play. And if you don't have the chemistry with more than one guy, the Packers are going to struggle. They brought Jimmy Graham in for a reason, and I think Aaron Rodgers had a lot to do with that. Look forward to Andrew and Kyle's breakdown of the Raider-Packer game. I'm sure they're going to talk about Jordy a little bit, maybe Jared Cook. It's, there's probably going to be some sort of meetup between everyone. There's a lot of old Packer connections with the Raiders. John Gruden, technically, too, was a Packer at one point as far as a coach. You guys are listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find all the podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you feel the need to look for a podcast. I think those three should cover it. Look for everyone else's previews for the preseason game coming up on Friday night. You can find Janelle on Twitter at BigMac underscore four. You can find myself on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. And anyone else associated with the podcast, you can find them through the Pack-A-Day podcast Twitter handle at Pack-A-Day podcast. Janelle, any final words? My favorite three. Go Pack Go. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left. Winds up. Rainbow. Cobb. He's got Cobb in the 10 to the yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Oh, my goodness. An NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards. Hasselback maybe changing the play line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap. Short drop. Quick throw. Left shot. Yes. Scrambles to his left under pressure, rolling right, escapes, right side looking, rainbows high and 